Welcome, everything is fine. You are listening to Forking Bullshirt, the Good Place podcast. I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. We'll be the disco Janets of your afterlife. What it is, what it is! (laughs) Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7, The Funeral to End All Funerals. It was written by Josh Siegel and Dylan Morgan, directed by Kristen Bell, and it aired November 14th, 2019. Now, is that... That name is familiar. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard it once or twice, right? That's not our Kristen Bell, is it? Guess what? It totally is. Hey! (laughs) You go, girl. Yeah! All right, let's get right into the recap. The team rushes to Mindy's house to meet with the accountant and find out if they've won. He informs them no humans can go to the judge's chambers until she's issued a ruling. The three humans and Janet roam the neighborhood until they can think of a way to distract themselves. By hosting a funeral to end all funerals. Awesome! And you know what they say in Florida, if you don't like this funeral, just wait a minute! In the judge's chamber, Michael, Sean, and the Good Place Committee gather to hear the verdict. The results show that Simone, Chidi, and John improved, but Brent worsened by 1%. Shoot. Shouldn't have committed so hard to this band thing. Back in the neighborhood, the team hosts a funeral for Tahani in a private jet and a funeral for Jason in a swimming pool. They reflect on the qualities of their friends and lessons they've learned from them. Michael argues that despite Brent's minimal deterioration, the other three improved a lot when they were free of Earth's complications. Sean argues against him, and Michael asks Matt to call up the files of Camilla, Pillboy, Donna Shellstrop, and Patricia. He shows them how each person improved after the Soul Squad intervened. Look, the point is, people improve when they get external love and support. How can we hold it against them when they don't? Back in the neighborhood, Janet reflects on what she's learned from the humans, and they throw a funeral for Eleanor, complete with shrimp and margarita mix. They attempt to hold a funeral for Chidi, but Eleanor can't give a eulogy, and they're called out to hear the judge's verdict. She tells them they've won, and moving forward, Earth is cancelled. Obviously, Earth is cancelled. But Earth is what now? All humans on Earth and in the afterlife will be extinguished, and we will start the entire human race over from scratch. The team tries to appeal to the judge, but she is resolute in her decision. Just as she's about to hit the button to destroy Earth, Janet takes the button into her void. Bad Janet shows up with Michael and Janet's manifesto and says she's on their side now. Oh, I should have explained. It's not two of us. It's all of us. Hi. What up, nerd? Hello. Eat my fart, losers. Hi. Hi. Hello there. Hi. 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 What up, fart knockers? Hi. Hello. Hi. What it is? What Hi. it is? Hi. What up, nerds? <laughs> Sent the manifesto around to all the other Janets. We have a group text now. All the Janets show up to hide the judge's button in their voids, giving the team time to figure out their next move. Eleanor pleads with Michael to wake up Chidi, as he may be their only hope. Help me, Obi-Wan Chidi Gagne. <laughs> You're my <laughs> only hope. Obi-Wan Chidi Gagne. It's good, it's good. So, Jason, how did you feel about this episode? I really liked it. Oh, good. It was a lot of fun. It felt like old school good place. Oh, how come? I think because all of our soul squad and everybody was back together mm. minus cheaty i mean he was kind of 
Weekend at Bernie's style, but <laughs> he was still there and they all were kind of riffing off of each other and it was just nice to have them all together again. Yeah. This episode felt a little bit like a series finale to me. Really? I think with all the funerals and the callbacks, it was like we were seeing a highlight reel of the show. Mm. We get to see how much all our beloved characters have grown. We see Tahani is no longer obsessed with uh, social status. She doesn't want to know what happened uh, at her funeral on Earth. Uh, She agrees to wear sweatpants to Eleanor's funeral, something she never would have done back in season one. Mm Mm-hmm. Eleanor's not a loner who's always putting herself first anymore. She's capable of expressing her love to other people. She actually says that she loves Tahani and Janet's not a servant anymore. She's part of this team fighting for humanity. And well, Jason is still very much Jason, uh, but he continues to be this like, you know, really bright light in all situations. Um, The only thing we're missing is Eleanor and Chidi's finale. Yeah, and I really, I did miss Chidi a lot in this episode, but it was nice. Like, it was nice to see the funerals because they were just chock full of nostalgia, and Mm -hmm. it was great to see all the callbacks, like Stupid Nick's Wing Dump and Lonely Gal Margarita Mix, of course, all the Jacksonville Jaguars merch, and... Yeah, Janet looked dope AF in that hat. Right? She looked good in that hat. She can pull it off. Um, we even had Tahani's International Sophisticate magazine cover. Yeah, of course. And, of course, you mentioned Weekend at Bernie's, right? And they actually made that joke before in season one, mm-hmm. uh, when Chidi was just so completely overwhelmed after having accidentally killed Janet, right? So it was nice to actually see him really be Weekend at Bernie's. Absolutely. Like floating Chidi. around in the sunglasses <laughs> and the pool. It was just amazing. Yeah, we got a photo of Jason's motorcycle. Uh, the one that he blew up, of course. Uh, we get the "You Dead" banner, which was pretty <laughs> great. That was what Eleanor said to John, right? She's like, mm, "I'm sorry to inform you, but you dead." <laughs> and then we got a bunch of different shots of uh, the book "What We Owe to Each Other," not only in Chidi's funeral but in Eleanor's too, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was like it just felt. It felt like saying goodbye to these characters in a way, quick goodbye, but it was nice to get that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it felt more like a series finale to me. Not so much the stuff going on with the Michael, with Michael and the judge and everybody, right, right. but with our main characters. It was like, we are going to be going at lightning speed from here. That's so what I'm worried about. I, I That's what I'm thinking. And so we need to take a moment in this episode to just let our characters connect yeah so from here on it's very likely that it's just gonna be go 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 until the finale (laughs) yeah i mean we get a huge twist in this episode with earth being canceled yeah i don't want to be canceled i'm still here guys (laughs) (laughs) i still have lots of things to do (laughs) but yeah like classic good place with all the twists too we get earth is canceled and then we get janet saving the day and then we get bad janet helping and then we get all the janets it was like twist 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 and then we get the judge (laughs) saying how's that for a twist yeah (sighs) yeah well let's rewind okay go back to the beginning of the episode all right the accountant says no humans are allowed in the chambers rude very rude (laughs) But it got me thinking, are our humans technically human anymore? 
because their bodies were kind of destroyed when they entered Janet's void. When they left Janet's void, I'm sure they were repurposed and reformed. But I don't know. Does that technically make them human? I don't know. It's... Well, you if you think of humanity simply as the body, then Michael and the judge and Sean would all be human because right. they're wearing human suits, right? Absolutely. Do you think that they're human because they're wearing human suits? Jason, you're looking at me like you think they're human because they're I wearing suits. I don't think suits. they're human. I, I, don't th- I think that okay. makes our soul squad not human. Ah, because they're just projections of light or something sure i don't know i think i'm just you know grasping at straws here but it didn't it (laughs) didn't it didn't sit well for me as soon as he was like no humans allowed and i'm like "Eh, are we like semantics here i guess (laughs) right they've been dead for a long time they've also been running this experiment so yeah yeah (laughs) anyway it's not that important yeah but (laughs) Maybe the judge doesn't know that Eleanor has been the team leader. Maybe she thinks that Michael has really been running things. Right. And she doesn't actually know how much the humans have been involved in the experiment. She probably wouldn't be too happy. Also, Jason says, um, we've died so many times. It's kind of getting (laughs) like annoying, right? (laughs) How many times have they actually died? I can't Um... think of more than once. Okay, well, they died the first time when they came to the fake good place. Um, And then they were reborn, kind of. They were reset, I guess, at the end of season two. And then they had to die. die. No, uh, almost died. So then they died at the end of season well near the end of season three when they went into janet's void so that was technically the second time dying right so they've only died twice right but they've been reset so many times absolutely that's That's what what i'm getting at so if they've been reset you know 800 plus times Mm -hmm. but not their entire memories have just been reset it's only been their memories since they've died Mm -hmm. so does that technically count as dying? Like, what would what would Hume say about that? Because you're just a bundle mm, of right of experiences and memories and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if somebody wakes up from a coma, like a ten year coma, and they don't remember those ten years, that doesn't mean they've died mm. and are reborn, no. unless they get a new personality and their old self has died. And this new personality has just been born after waking up for from this coma, for right. example. I think it depends on how you define death. Right. Right? Um, so, I think Jason is quite confused in this situation. I think so, too. <laughs> but in a way, like, from what we learned from Chidi in season three, his impression of things was, well, that cheaty who fell in love with eleanor before is not me cheaty Mm -hmm. it's it's him cheaty it's a different cheaty right so i don't have those memories i don't have that connection with you so so that cheaty is gone and that cheaty is dead yeah and the only one i have is is the one i am right now right so so if we think about it like that then they have absolutely died 800 plus times although they have not had like 15 funerals they've had two as far as I can tell. And I don't know if Jason got a funeral so much as he got a red lobster graffitied 
about him. <laughs> that was a good joke. I like that. Yeah. I was completely wrong about the episode title when we were discussing it last episode. Oh, yeah. Totally way off. And also, I guess it turns out the Janet eating her babies was just a one-time gag. Yeah, we're not going to see that. I think that's fine, though. I'd really rather they didn't. <laughs> I don't want her to see. Uh, I'm just imagining because hamsters sometimes eat their young. And also hamsters have very deep cheek pockets, I guess. So if you ever see them eating something, it's like they can shove an entire carrot, like, regular sized carrot into their mouth and they just kind of hold it there. So I was imagining that kind of vibe from Janet eating her babies, like just a lot of them going in, a lot of cheek puffing. Okay. see, I It would be Im- gross. I was imagining um, if you've ever watched Steven Universe, anybody out there, there's a scene where Amethyst eats a burrito. She just... Oh lifts her head back, unhinges her jaw, and just swallows it whole. And that's just what I imagined <laughs> Janet doing. Just leaning her head back and just shoveling I, yeah. in the people. I didn't need a repeat of, like, Janet's mouth getting wide and Michael putting his arm down her <laughs> throat in the That right. was pretty gross. Another thing that we were wrong about was that the judge was not testing the original four humans. We kind of Thought that that was going to happen. I did. Mm-hmm. I. Um, it seemed like a good kind of twist. Yeah. Uh, it would have made more sense, I think, in a way. I think it would have been almost predictable because we've had this test from the judge before. So I was pleasantly surprised when Michael asked to call up the files of the four humans on Earth mm-hmm. affected by Eleanor, Tahani, and Jason. It kind of made that episode from... Or the couple of episodes from season three feel a lot more important to the overall right. yes, absolutely. narrative. Yeah. And it gave us Michael's really beautiful line. People improve when they get external love and support. How can we hold it against them when they don't? That was mm-hmm. very poignant. They give a lot of... Michael's got a lot of good lines this season. I think my new favorite line of the show is when Michael says, What those numbers don't tell you is who he could have become tomorrow. Yeah. And that's... My new favorite line, besides all the joke lines. (laughs) I found up here. I found down. It's up here and it's dope. That will always remain your favorite. Always be my favorite. But yes, that's a poignant line, right? It has has impact. What these numbers don't tell you is who he could have become tomorrow. That's true. So. I, I just really like that we get to know that those moments had this lasting impact on the friends and family of our team. Even Pillboy. Yeah. I mean, Pillboy might be doing it because he thinks he's helping FBI astronauts or something. (laughs) But, you know, it's good. To me, it just showed that even though we're gone, we leave our mark on Earth and, you know, it ripples out. It's Mm -hmm. not only... Are those people directly getting better, but they're helping, you know, the elderly or the retirement home. They're helping the women. Um, they're, they're, they're helping those women that are being helped by this scholarship. You know, Donna's stepdaughter. They all feel the impact of the team's actions. So it's, it's not so self-contained. Right. It's very much a pay-it-forward type thing. Like, you help one person, and they'll help two others, and four, and eight, etc., etc. Speaking of those graphs, 
I was looking at the the trends. Oh yeah. And it looked like Camilla was on a downward slump. Oh bummer. Uh, it seems like the omelet <laughs> art installation wasn't doing her any favors. <laughs> Um, Donna was coasting along pretty low, not okay. too many positives. I mean, employment at Women's Health Center has not defrauded Women's Health Center. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. For Donna Shellstrap, that is an improvement. For sure. <laughs> now, Patricia had lots of ups and downs as a child. I guess that makes sense. And then Pillboy wasn't doing so hot either, of course. He was kind of scraping the bottom of the, <laughs> the charts. But it looks like he was actually doing better than Donna. Oh, okay. Which is kind of funny. But... I noticed it said he stopped stealing pills, which good is good. Good for you, pill boy. Good you know, for you. No theft, making sure that the medications go to the people that they are prescribed for. Maybe his new nickname will be not pill boy. <laughs> Care boy? Care boy. He's caring for people. Care boy. Care bear boy. <laughs> oh. I was just really glad with that moment. Like, I was kind of bummed because I wanted us to be right about the judge really testing the four humans. Mm -hmm. um, but this kind of alleviated all of that sadness. I was like, oh, no, I like this. This is good. This yeah, is... they they worked it into a yeah. good narrative. The team isn't being tricked. It's just we have to look at things a different way. And yes. I like that. I was almost bummed in this episode because uh, previously I said that I didn't want bad Janet to come in and save the day. And so when I first saw her, I was like, no, what are we doing? Are we going to make her save the day? I don't want that. Um, so I'm pretty happy with what they did with her. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like she saved them so much as she just provided assistance for them to have time to figure out a plan. So that's good. You know, she was part of a team and it was cool because not only did she come back, but she managed to assemble all of the Janets in this totally bad Janet way through mm -hmm. a group text, which I love. And now I want to see all the Janet's phones and I want to see our Janet with a phone. She deserves a phone after all this time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was glad that the Good Place Committee was just as useless as ever. Because so useless. I don't want anyone but our heroes to save the day. It's like, what are they even doing there? I don't know. Other than thinking that Sean's insults are colorful. Ugh. They're the worst. They're so pointless. Well, I guess I'm kind of right about Bad Janet being the catalyst. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she had an important role to play. Yes, she did. Which I'm sure anybody could have predicted, but... Oh, well, I <laughs> predicted it on tape. <laughs> Digital true. tape. Digital tape. Is that what this is? Sure. Okay. It's digital tape. <laughs> I'm not 400 years old. <laughs> uh, so. That's actually in my notes here. The return of the Good Place Committee, and they're still just as awful as ever. Yeah. So. We agree on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the judge's decision to cancel earth immediately it reminded me of an episode of south park oh season seven episode one is called canceled and it's a very meta episode about how the show is getting stale and how we need to we're still interesting but basically the boys find out that earth is just a television show a oh. reality show put on by aliens 
and they go and try to convince the aliens not to cancel their show because suddenly Earth discovers that they are a show and that makes the show less interesting. Right. So they're like, well, the contestants found out they're in a show, so we're just going to cancel it. Mm. So, And then at the end of the episode, they convince the aliens to wipe everyone's memory so they can just continue on being a reality show and i guess that's canon now from season seven onward in south park oh in like season 23 or so that earth is still just a reality show i don't know that's cool yeah (laughs) well and that's that's something that some people um have contemplated like the idea that this not necessarily that this is a reality show but that we're really just here as entertainment for someone else. Right. Like a and higher we talked about that being in some form uh, when we were discussing um, the Truman show syndrome and mm-hmm. all of that. But um, yeah, it just immediately made me think of that episode. And I thought, Oh, that's kind of a dick thing to do for the judge like cancel everything and just reboot everything and then i thought exactly what she was thinking like well what did you expect and i thought oh crap i don't know what did i expect yeah i i don't think that the team thought of a way to fix the problem they just wanted to point out that it existed right the problem's here you fix it and judge is like okay i'll just restart everything and and michael says you know oh i thought we could just Add another point to eating an apple. It could be three points instead of two, but... That doesn't fix the problem. Exactly. It's like a tiny tweak to this system isn't going to fix things. Yeah. We need an overhaul. Like, this is going to be a lot of work. (laughs) And I think Jenna's kind of lazy. Like, she wants to... She wants the quick fix. She wants to go get her Timothy Oliphant on. You know, she doesn't really feel like overhauling a system that she was created to uphold as well like she is literally the judge of this system of course she doesn't want it to be gone then she has no purpose yeah anymore wow jen could have a different purpose jen would be great as a different type of entity not as a judge a way more hands-on approach to the whole system right because she's just like in her chambers watching tv shows most of the time yeah It makes me wonder what they're going to do at the end of the show because we have, on the one hand, the judge saying that Earth is just too complicated at this point and there's no way for us to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then we have Michael saying, okay, well, maybe we can change what we do with the points then. So I feel like it's a hint that we're going to get some kind of purgatory type situation, but I still don't know if the afterlife should be so segregated into the good and bad place right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm very interested to see where this is gonna go yeah the um the solution for jen is it's kind of reminiscent of what we're going through right now on earth Mm. like global warming pollution shortages of water food overpopulation etc a lot of money is being put into exploration of space putting getting people on other planets right we're planet b mars right we're gonna head to mars you know we're gonna start over because earth is just it's too complicated to fix right now we're just gonna you know we'll try the next one Mm -hmm. it's been a good run guys but we'll see what this red planet has to offer (laughs) right 
So I don't know. It just reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of sad. And. Put in the work. Yeah. Do what Greta Thunberg says and just get to work. Yeah. Shame on you. <laughs> I, I thought of cancel culture right away. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I guess, a controversial term. I'm not sure um, exactly what other terms uh, call out culture maybe. But it made me think of some, and it's kind of become a joke now. It's kind of become a, oh, well, he said one sexist joke. Okay, canceled. Like, Get him off the air. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting that we get this in a season where we have someone like Brent as well. Um, because, you know, you can joke all the time about Brent being canceled, but that doesn't mean that anything actually happens to Brent. Right. Like, Yes, uh, you don't tolerate the way that he behaves. You call him out when he's behaving that way. You don't support him financially, whatever. But, like, that doesn't mean anything in the good place. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean anything in the afterlife. So you can't just cancel things. You need to try to do better, basically. You need to try to improve things. Um, because canceling things kind of just implies that you're, like, I'm just done with you. Mm-hmm. We're just done. We're going to sweep that out of the rug or we're going to throw that in the trash can and then we'll just start new with someone else. But the earth isn't going anywhere unless you destroy it, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously the judge is capable of doing with her little garage door opener thing. <laughs> it's um, a lot of power in that button. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but it's kind of, it's the lazy way out. It's the easy way out of just, I will just destroy this and we'll just start over again. Right. What's to say that starting over again is going to help anything, right? Because it's not as though those human beings are going to be able to learn from their uh, ancestors if you literally blow up Earth and start up again. If you get rid of again. the ancestors, how are you going to learn from them? Yeah, it's going to be a little hard to teach them that, hey, maybe you shouldn't do some things because eventually it will mess up the planet. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this is how you should interact because eventually people will not tolerate that kind of behavior anymore. And also you shouldn't do it in the first place. But all of those lessons that people have learned because we've evolved and some lessons that we still haven't learned, of course, just there's no opportunity for that. There's just such an easy way out. If you don't overhaul the system, you can't fix it. Yeah. Basically all this to say that, you know, this judge was created to uphold the system. So she's honestly, I feel like she's unable to see what the afterlife could be without it. It's like you can't conceive of a different system when all you have had is one. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, it's literally been, been eternity. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, she wants this simple solution, just blowing up Earth, but there isn't one. And canceling Earth doesn't affect her personally. Like, she says, oh, see you in a billion years, Michael, Janet, and Sean. But she is going to literally kill billions of people. And that doesn't bother her. It doesn't even make her think. Nope. Not for a second. second. It, uh, (laughs) I mean, I love Jen, but yikes. I mean, she's absolutely right. The points aren't the problem. It's it's about giving people the chance to become better. So whatever rehabilitation phase comes, like it has to happen. So there has to be that. And she needs to either be convinced 
and to let it happen i don't know because she's not going to just let michael and eleanor and chidi figure out like she has to approve it Mm -hmm. she's got all the power yeah and who knows what she's going to be approving after all the janets play keep away right and they've got like what 45 minutes and i'm sure a few minutes of that is going to be spent (laughs) with okay i'm eleanor you're chidi we used to be a thing. It was kind of hot. You look great in a mailman outfit. Your ass I can bounce a penny off of. <laughs> you know, a few minutes to go through that. A few minutes of smoochy smoochy. By the way, you have to come up with a system to save existence. No pressure. So. Uh, <laughs> Let's get on that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um. It, uh, it was just, it was interesting to see how callous she is. She's a judge. She's impartial. She doesn't actually care about these people. She, you know, she sings her I'm Gonna Miss Everybody, See You at the Crossroads song, which I didn't know what song that was (laughs) until after the episode. Uh, So, yeah, I'm calling myself out on that one. (laughs) Um, It's okay. I didn't either. (laughs) Okay. Good, good. We see here that very clearly she doesn't actually care about them yeah so a little harsh a little bit especially since after that time that she actually went to earth to experience Mm. it maybe she would have a bit of an empathetic you know bone in her body yeah but really it just kind of confirmed for her that earth is a mess so really it's more justification for me to go ahead and exactly (laughs) yeah this experiment is over now Apparently, Kristen Bell was the one who wanted Maya Rudolph to sing that song. The Bone Thugs in Harmony, The Crossroads. She was the one who wanted her to really? do that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That was fun, actually. I did like it. I had a couple other kind of random thoughts. Um, how much of Friends do you know? I can't remember how much you've watched. A lot of it. Okay, so do you agree with Michael's assessment that Phoebe should not go to the bad place? Absolutely out of all not. of them? Absolutely not. She's okay. horrible. They're all horrible. <laughs> they're all horrible? They're all awful. Just like in Seinfeld. <laughs> like, they're all Oh, come people. on. They're not as bad as Seinfeld. They're, they're pretty bad. literally, they're not as bad as Seinfeld. I George think... killed his fiance. It was an accident. Well, he didn't care. <laughs> he didn't really like her that much. He just liked he the idea of love well, and marriage. Well, definitely a worse person. So I think out of all the friends, the least likely to go to hell, I think, would have been Chandler. Really? Yeah, I think he's the most, like, I don't know, he didn't, he grounded, I guess, and less aloof than everyone else. Okay. He called out a lot of his friends on their BS, and I think... See, Michael says definitely Chandler, so yeah, you guys are I, on I totally disagree. To sides. Yeah. See, I think you could argue for Joey getting in, because he's kind of like Jason, just much more of a womanizer. Mm-hmm. But Joey's not that bad when it comes to women. He's not a Barney Stinson type. Like He's right. not trying to con women into being with him. He's, He's just, just hitting on everyone. Charming and constantly hitting on women. Yes. Sure. Um, I'm sure I'm remembering like work. some moments where he's, you know, done something questionable with a woman. But he's kind of that Jason type. He's a lovable idiot, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I think you could potentially argue for Joey getting into the good place. Yeah, I, I mean, see if that. it was like a low threshold good place, <laughs> I, not not the ones we've seen so far right. where no one's been in for 500 years. Right. But yeah, I was a little surprised. I was like, Phoebe, really? I mean, I don't think Phoebe's that great. I mean, she had a few things going for her. She was a vegetarian. Uh, yeah. She and... didn't wear fur. Yeah. She was an artist. Uh-huh. She cared about animals. Yeah, sure. So she's basically Doug Forsett, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to hear what people think of that. If you feel like Michael, that Phoebe should definitely go to the good place. Or, you know, are there other characters in the show? Should Rachel go? Should Ross go? If you think Ross should go, I think we should have a conversation. Um, Another thing is that we finally find out what happened to Jason's mom. We were always kind of curious about what went on with her, and we only ever knew about a dad. Yeah, we didn't really learn much, just that she died. Yeah, but now we know. Yep. And it was a weird moment. Like, it was kind of a joke where he was talking about the crocodile. That was Mm -hmm. a very self-aware moment for Jason. Like, Mm -hmm. I can joke about a Florida thing. Yeah. But, oh, no, it was just cancer. Watch me do a handstand. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if that's because he was too young to remember it or whether he was old enough so he understood it and he was able to work through it. I think it's very possible that he doesn't really remember her. Hmm. There's um, that moment when Jason is playing the song that he he wrote but of course vocalizing it very amazingly (laughs) janet's just loving it she's like if you just if you watch her she's happy and she's bobbing her head and having a good time having a great time (laughs) um she certainly loves his happy (laughs) blob of positivity (laughs) in the new dora the explorer movie wow which was quite fun wow let's just be honest (laughs) wow um Dora's dad, uh, played by Michael Pena, he talks to Dora about the the dangers of the city and don't go to a rave because the music is like, and then he starts doing rave music, Mm -hmm. but he just starts vocalizing it just like Jason did. And it's just a great moment. It reminded (laughs) me a lot of that. So a little bit of a, yeah, (laughs) it's just funny. That was a very Jason moment. (laughs) Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He really wanted to go to Dave and Buster's. Yeah. I had no idea what that was. Oh, okay. Because we're in Canada? Yeah, I... Surprisingly, I know what that is. Okay. Yeah. Apparently we have two in Ontario. What? The only places in Canada that we have them are in Ontario, and they're just a couple hours away. Toronto? Ottawa? Montreal? No, they're like... Cornwall? crappy little towns one's in vaughn mm. yeah. vaughn's not crappy that's like right in toronto it's outside of toronto okay, it's, it's like it's canada's right wonderland it's right outside of toronto it's canada's wonderland yeah and then the other one is somewhere around there like i don't know pickering sure Ajax? something like that <laughs> okay but yeah i didn't know what dave and buster's was so there we go well we'll have to go someday just so you can get the real experience Blow some money. Yeah. They got billiards. They have their own money, don't they? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. is that where they go in It's Always Sunny? Yeah. Oh, that's where they go. They want to do what Dave and Buster's... Oh, right. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> Uh, another little thing that I noticed and I was like, ooh, is, are the writers doing a thing here? Because Brent is literally the 1% ruining things for everyone else. 1%. <laughs> he's part of the 1% and yes. he's ruining things for literally everyone else. Because if they wouldn't have had this whole argument if he had just improved by like 1% or 2% or something instead of being in the negative. Our whole conversation about Brent ruining things for everybody in existence was absolutely accurate. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I mean, he felt genuine remorse for the first time and he nearly expressed that genuine remorse for the first time. So he got that little swing up, which was good. I'm glad to know he really was going to say sorry. But come on, Brent! God darn it. (laughs) One last bit of knowledge I'm going to slap in your face. Oh, wow. Janet says I could just barf up a quasar. Yes. She's super happy and whatever. And I know what a quasar is. Like, in my head, I know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't accurately know what how to describe it. So I was like, okay. I'm pretty sure it's very similar to a star. Okay. I thought it was like, okay, an exploding star or something like that. So I wanted to look it up and make sure I knew what it was. And it turns out I was like, I don't know, an eighth right? <laughs> okay. It's pretty close. So we're doing well. <laughs> I don't think it would uh, go so well in my thesis getting into astronomy school. <laughs> astronomy school. <laughs> So let's let's explain what a quasar is. Okay. An extremely luminous active galactic nucleus. Wow. In which a supermassive <laughs> black hole with a mass ranging from millions to billions of times the mass of the sun is surrounded by a gaseous structure formed by diffuse material in orbital motion around the massive central body. The central body is typically a star. That structure is called an accretion disk. So what did you just say? I know, right? <laughs> what did you just... I don't under... It's a black hole? It's... it's a nucleus? It's... It's an active space? galactic nucleus. Surrounding... What does that mean? I couldn't That sounds tell. like it's... something from Star Trek. I don't know. It understand. is, because Star Trek is in space. <laughs> and <know>. then <laughs> a quasar is in space. <laughs> but basically, it's this constantly flowing changing black hole type thing but it's even like more impressive because a black hole is like the inside of it and then it's surrounded by millions or billions of stuff it's like diffuse material so it's just space dust or like other crap Mm. rocks um who knows just (laughs) mystery stuff yeah And it's all orbiting around this massive body. Like, massive as in, like, you know, bigger than, millions of times bigger than the sun. We're talking huge. Yeah, it's a big boy. Yeah. (laughs) Then the central body is usually, like, a star. So it's all, the star could be the center of this giant space, I don't know, like, monstrosity. 
So does that mean Janet can conjure up these kinds of things? Does she have that power? Probably. Wow. It's pretty powerful. She's got a void. True. But a void is outside of time and space. Right. So it's not part of space. Yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. a Janet exaggeration. Like, as if any of them would know what a quasar was. Right? Jason is like, wait, what? Did she just say quesadilla? (laughs) I could go for a quesadilla right now. (laughs) Extra clock, please. (laughs) All right. Do you want to get to our mailbag? What do we have? See you with the mailbag, mailbag. See you with the mailbag, mailbag. (laughs) No, you don't like my version. Oh, it's great. I loved it. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we have a couple of... So we have a couple of little comments. Um, The first comes from Maria at L underscore Maria Maria on Twitter. So Maria said, in my opinion, you were all confusing shame with humility on the latest episode. Shame is often toxic. To me, humility is a better antidote to grandiosity. So I already replied to Maria on Twitter, but I just wanted to put this out there as well. Um, I totally agree that shame can be toxic And humility is definitely a better antidote to, you know, superiority than shame. But I wasn't confusing the two. Um, I was talking about shame as a tool for growth, um, as a way for Brent to self-evaluate and change his behavior. So one thing uh, that might help is to think about these in two different ways, Um, to think of two different kinds of shame. So toxic shame, which is that kind of shame you feel for like maybe neglect or abuse in your childhood or an abusive situation or something like that. Like this shame that is, makes you feel like you're unlovable, you're undeserving, all those things. And a productive kind of shame. So productive shame can be a signal to us when we've acted responsibly or we've been insensitive. It's telling us to pay attention to our behavior and to try to do better in the future. So Eleanor was experiencing a productive kind of shame in season one when Chidi was talking to her about the way that she behaved and she could see how people reacted around her and she could see how people behaved around her. That was a productive shame. Yes, maybe there were moments of like toxic shame in there as well, but I think that generally she was able to use that as a signal for when she needs to behave better. So an example, could that be um, when Eleanor was at the party in season three and she was trying to get her the study group to stay together mm-hmm. and then she caused that scene and leaves right, and acts like a little baby. Yeah. And afterwards, when she is in the parking lot and... Um, Hiding behind the bush. Yeah. And Simone comes up to her and Simone is able to just be very straight with her and say, no, you were behaving kind of ridiculously there. And I think this is why, Mm -hmm. you know, she understands where Eleanor is coming from. And there's probably an element of like that toxic shame there because she was neglected so much as a child. um, And she wasn't able to really connect with people on earth, Mm -hmm. but that was productive for her. It was good for her to be able to understand this is why I do these things. And this is what I could do in the future. Right. To not, behave that way which doesn't make me feel good and doesn't make other people feel good Mm -hmm. so 
I appreciate, um, Maria, for you to point this out. Um, I didn't really think about humility. It's good to clarify that I didn't mean to talk about toxic shame. Our next piece of mail comes from Matthew at Matthew Lee underscore three. Matthew says, hey guys, love the podcast. Random thought that occurred to me. Since nobody has gotten into the good place in 500 years, that makes Mindy St. Clair the best human in the eyes of the show. (laughs) Yeah, I guess she is. I feel like she's kind of a plot hole in the show. Yeah, they're not quite sure. Like, I think they introduced her as a a scenario for our characters to kind of see that there's something else out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then from there on, it just opened up so many possibilities that people are like, wait, but what about this? What about that? Who made the neighborhood? Is there a Janet involved? Does the good place or the bad place, do they look the other way? Like, what's going on? And how did one act make the two worlds fight over her? Like, that's big. Since the beginning of humanity. Yeah. Like, there only been one case. Well, well two cases, I think I she's, she might be case number three, two okay. or three. Uh, we're not sure who the first one is. Right. The show hasn't given us a, uh, a, any kind of definitive answer on this, but it might be that her dying so suddenly after establishing this charity means that none of the unintended consequences from fun, like founding that charity and everything were applied to her. Right? right. It was just all the good points, all the good intention points and all that kind of stuff without... Oh, all the messy stuff that comes along with sure. it. Of maybe, oh, a CEO who's getting too much money and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. HR manager who actually sexually harasses people, whatever. That kind of thing. So, to me, it just kind of seems like a plot hole in the show. I hope that at some point they explain it, but I feel like if they do, they're going to do like a little hand wavy thing. Right. Kind of like we got with Chidi in this episode. About the muscles. Yes. Oh, you know, someone told him that it alleviates anxiety, so he just kept doing push-ups forever. And yeah. It was very, so that, uh, just off of that, I know a lot of people online were, you know, guessing how he could be so strong. And I liked a very similar solution or answer was he couldn't decide which exercise machine to choose at the gym, so he just used them all. Yeah, I like that too. That's a good <laughs> yeah. one. But anyway, um, thanks for your letter, Matthew. We appreciate it. So we have one more episode before the break. Episode 9, The Answer, airs November 21st. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, yeah, we're still catching up. <laughs> and then The Good Place is going to be on a break until January 2020. So... Buckle up, guys. We're in for the a little bit of a wait. Yeah. But then it's going to be straight shooting down the... Down to the end. Oh, I'm going to miss this show so much. I'm going to miss you at the crossroads, crossroads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. This has been Fork and Bullshirt, a Multiverse Radio production. If you're a fan of the show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Tell your friends, your neighbor, your disco Janets. And if you want to join the conversation, we're on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. Use the hashtag FBullshirt. And you can send us an email. Our address is info at multiverseradio.ca. Thank you for listening. I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. Bye. Bye. I'm gonna miss everybody. And I'm gonna miss everybody. And I'm gonna miss everybody. And I'm gonna miss everybody. See you at the crossroads, crossroads. See you at the crossroads, crossroads.